at this time of year um, in, the, in the night sky, there, there's a constellation that I don't really need the planisphere for to be able to recognize and identify and know what time it is. Because as I'm uh, putting the dog in the garden for him to have a little stretch of his legs just before he gets shut in for the night, I can, on a clear night, stand in the kitchen doorway and above the church roof in the southeast see Orion. You know, it's very clear, very visible. It's easily recognized pattern, one that I've known since my childhood. And with it, there comes a stability. It's always there at this time of year. It's visible presence at sort of 10, 11 o'clock at night means that Christmas is coming as much as this candle burning here. For the constellations rise and set in a regular rhythm. And in our lifetime, the patterns of stars and the timing of their appearance on any day don't really change. Scientifically, to be truthful, I should say that they do change. It's just that we can't actually notice it at all. It's so infinitesimal. But it's there. Jesus tells us in our passage, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. But he is not encouraging us to engage in astrology, not in that path of the Magi who visited him as a young child, but is quite possibly using the language of the time to speak metaphorically of earth-shattering earth-shaking change. And in our lifetimes, we will have experienced huge shifts of what has happened in the world. The, the east-west standoff and then the collapse of the Berlin Wall. And the, the apartheid regime of South Africa and then Nelson Mandela elected as their president. The fall of the Twin Towers leading to Western troops in Afghanistan for 20 years. And the thing that plagues us today that leads us to talk about face coverings and distance and getting our hands gelled, that global pandemic and its ill effect. In all of these, there is a shaking of who we are and what's happening and our understanding of the world and our inability to comprehend. But in these events, there has also been much prayer much thought for reflection, much seeking of God's direction. 
And so there's that spiritual dimension too that Jesus calls us to be aware of the changes and looking for God's work. About 18 months ago, in the gorgeous sunshine that lifted our hearts despite being in the first of the COVID lockdowns, I did some weeding in the back garden next door in Rycroft at the manse. And uh, my particular focus was where the patio meets the grass, uh, the lawn. And uh, I would clear out some of the brickwork of the steps and make them neat and then extend that across much of the, uh, the crazy paving. Because every few inches, there was another invasive plant in there pokes up in those little gaps of soil. And after an hour here, another there, over the course of a week, there was a considerable difference. You know, there was a change that had been made. But if you were to look today, you would think, I don't believe that. Nothing's happened there. You know, because I've not kept at it. Tackling weeds is not one of those things that you can stop. For if there is even one left there, it's going to grow back, isn't it? You've probably encountered that in any garden you've known. And this summer, it made me a bit dis- disheartened to, to see that my previous efforts had gone to waste. But then I remembered that old concept, I think, put into words by Alan Titchmarsh, that a weed is simply a flower where you didn't expect it to be. I have lots of flowers in my garden where I did not expect them to be. And of course that relates too to that theological metaphor, that while the church remains... The church grows. And sometimes we get disheartened when we see things, but actually the church is growing. We're learning and discovering and seeing new people. And we are one across the earth. We see signs of the kingdom. It's maybe not what we expected. Maybe not what we planned for maybe not what we tried to shape. It happens sometimes because of what we've done. Sometimes it happens despite what we've done. But either way, it happens because it's the nature of God and his desire to see the kingdom grow until that day when actually that tiny effort that we've done will be overwhelmed by the mighty greatness of the kingdom in its fullness. Our passage calls us to open eyes to these shoots of growth, to sense the season. And Jesus juxtaposes this idea of 
the branch and its buds and the new growth coming with horrific vision of what is also happening around them. Political upheaval and gloom. The roaring of the sea and the people fainting with terror. In the past few days, we have seen on the news the danger of the sea, the loss of 27 lives as a small boat sank in the channel. And whatever the politics, whatever we understand of these people being refugees or other migrants seeking new life, they are wives and husbands and children and parents. They are human lives. And they should not be pawns in a game between nations in profiteering, people trafficking or fodder to sell newspapers that tell half-truths. The sea roars and causes pain. And we know this and we can relate to this. But as we hear the horrific stories, we are called not to be timid, not to cower, not to simply throw our hands in the air, but to stand up and look up and see the signs of the coming kingdom. And we might be left going, how can we see a sign of the coming kingdom when there's such disaster? And many people might think, you know, where is God in this? Why does God allow it to happen? But we, as God's people, might ask a different question. We might think of what God has done and wonder why more people don't realize it, why more people are not seeing it, how he has brought forth people to come to the rescue, how he speaks hope into the most dire situation, how from disaster he can lead us forward. For he knows the people who have righteousness and justice in their hearts. And he brings them into the need. This is the God who did not spare his only son, but allows us to be forgiven and renewed. Why does God allow that to happen? Because he is of love. This is the God who one day will bring an end to the chaos and misery of the fallen earth. The misery that we experience will come to an end. And it's foolishness for us to try and say when that great act will be. It's God's chosen moment. It's the Kairos moment. It will be at the right time, not of our choosing, 
but of his. It's not something that we can mark on the calendar as being a date in the future or count down with candles or set a little egg timer or even a very big one. Christ will return. And we've seen glimpses over the past 2,000 years of the kingdom and what that return will be like. When we see God at work, when we see the wonder of creation, when we see hearts move to respond to need, when we see love outpoured, we see something of what will be coming in a much greater way. We see signs that the kingdom is at hand. Even in the past two years, when there was much need, we saw the massive response of donations to the food bank. That was an element of that budding. We could see a change in season. When we see new boys coming into BB who come and enjoy playing and discovering and learning, we hear of God's love for them. And that is something of the kingdom coming on earth. When we engage with an organization like the Repair Cafe that helps society stop treating everything as disposable, that in turn opens new opportunities to share our faith. And we see that the kingdom is near and others get to hear of that. When people, be they online or here in person, say that they want to engage more with us or come into membership, as Christine will later in the service, then that is a positive sense of God doing something good in this place. And actually, if you want to learn more about who we are, about what membership is, um, speak to me, or speak to Dan, or speak to one of the elders. Um, and there's even some booklets. One of them asks a really good question. What is the URC? Yeah, we might, we might all have to read that one, actually. Might be helpful to us. And one about joining the family. There's somebody behind the pillar over there. Uh, but, you know, it's great that we can learn and grow and explore. And that's a sign of the kingdom. We are in a time of waiting for Christ's return and the kingdom to be in fullness, a time of no more suffering or distress. But Jesus, in this time that we wait, calls us to lift up our heads, not to look at the stars, but to look forward and live as his people. If we do this, we will not be found wayward and wanting, but rather living for him and experiencing the presence of the kingdom with a foretaste 
of what he will one day bring across the earth. The release from all distress. The joy that lasts evermore. Amen.